Well, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Cosmic Show. I'm your host, the Cosmic Marauder. Uh, please give it that like, follow, that share, subscribe on YouTube and Rumble. On Rumble, www.rumble.com slash C slash Cosmic Radio, capital C, capital R, gets you straight there. And also, this podcast is available on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google, podcastindex.org. So please support the audio-only downloads where you can. Give me that five-star rating on Spotify. And if you can't watch the full show, please go listen to it on the audio and let me know how much you think of it. You guys also might have realized I went live early with Rumble Studio just a few minutes ago, and it turned out not to be so great. I can't share the audio from the videos, apparently, so that's a problem they have to work out. So we'll we'll just start the show again. We didn't get too far. I want to say what's up, everybody, in the chat. We're watching it on YouTube. The show will end on YouTube after about 15 to 20 minutes, and from there we'll exclusively be on the Rumble, so... That's how the show works. As for me, I'm doing all right. I've been sick for like the third time this last uh, month and a half. Been pretty crazy. Um, it's just me today. No Mars bars. He might call into the show. We'll see what's up. But this is a very busy time of the year for us with the holidays and getting sick and Christmas and work. It's it's kind of chaos right now. So we'll try to figure it out. We'll get him back on the stream regularly. And from there, we'll... Uh, Talk about some news stories, shall we? It's kind of a true crime angle to the first part of it. There's a couple of big breaks and some news stories that you guys might be familiar with. As you guys know, I like to follow conspiracies, uh, MMA, true crime. So sometimes you'll hear about some random stuff like that on my show once in a while. Let's get to it, shall we? What I was trying to cover... What I was trying to cover on a... Rumble, it wouldn't let me do the also share system audio. Maybe that's a Brave browser thing. I bet you if I do it on Google, it works. Anywho, the first thing I was trying to cover really quick was the JonBenet Ramsey case. Apparently, the Boulder police are going to convene a panel of experts to reconsider some of the evidence that they have, uh, whether it's going to be DNA testing, um, new updated alleged technologies. I don't know. It seems like a distraction story. <clears throat> I don't think it's too big of a deal. There's nothing breaking in the article about suggesting about what they found. <clears throat> it's just kind of weird. But here's a little, we'll do a little synopsis. Hey, what's up, user? <clears throat> Were you watching the last stream too? I couldn't share the audio on Rumble Studio. I don't know if that needs to be reconciled between Brave and Rumble or if I need to use Google Browser, but I hate using Google Browser. With the JonBenet Ramsey case, here's a little <clears throat> excerpt. The Colorado Cold Case Review Team spent the past year preparing for the review. The team is comprised of professional, investigative, analytical, and forensic experts from across Colorado, including the FBI, Colorado Bureau of Investigation, Boulder County District Attorney's Office, and numerous other entities, including public and private forensic laboratories, with expertise in cold case homicide investigations. The intensive effort digitized all evidence to create a comprehensive and searchable database containing thousands of information files, bring together more than 21,000 tips, over 1,000 interviews conducted across 17 states and two foreign countries, and samples from more than 200 individuals, including handwriting, DNA, fingerprints, and shoe prints. The case file consists of nearly 2,500 pieces of evidence and roughly 40,000 reports, 
with more than 1 million pages documenting this investigation. A fresh inventory of all collected evidence was made available for investigative review, which would not have been possible without the assistance of the FBI. So, yeah. That's your first, huh? Story of the day. JonBenet Ramsey again? Why? Why is this being brought up? Um, if you guys have covered this story like I have, I did this a couple years ago. Her dad was into some serious deep state technology, some serious software. They made a bunch of money on and very quickly. And some people think this murder is somehow tied to that. I don't know if it's people he knew, like he might have pipped her out. It, it's a really insane um, kind of narrative. Uh, like, I don't think anybody truly knows what happens in the, it, what happened in the Job and A case. I do think the parents had something to do with it or like their friend did it or something. But the fact that the stepbrother was kind of getting railroaded for it is weird, even though he does have some weird issues. Apparently, I don't know if you, if you want to see some re- some real mind fuckery, go watch the Dr. Phil episode on this. That's pretty quick. That's pretty quick on that. We don't need to talk about Jabonet too much. We can go to the next story, which we were talking about uh, as I decided to cut the rumble and the YouTube stream the last time. (coughs) Happening now, the house where four University of Idaho students were stabbed to death last year is currently being demolished. This happened very early this morning. The crime scene, hold on. The crime scene is being destroyed this morning, which has prompted two of the victim's family members to plead with the DA's office at University of, Ohio, Idaho, University of Idaho to keep the house standing in case the jurors need to see it. On December 30th, 28-year-old Brian Christopher Koberger was arrested in Monroe County, Pennsylvania on four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary. The students were Ethan Chapman, 20, Kaylee Goncalves, 21, Zana Kernaldal, 20, and Madison Mogan, 21. Here's the video I was trying to Can you hear that? It's just a truck making noise. Just want to make sure everybody can hear it. We have user chiming in. Seriously, no one hates immigrants for the most part. We like a high-trust society. Can't have that with illegals. They already broke trust. Yeah, true. We're moving in. Let's get... There's a sorority house in the background. Or a frat house. Let's go ahead and uh, get into it, shall we? Is the home in University of Idaho Kelly's being demolished too soon? Here's News Nation. Coming now to News Nation's Law and Justice contributor, Jennifer Koffendoffer. I'm going to... Hold on. Oh, my God. Give me one second, guys. Turning now to News Nation's Law and Justice... Try to turn this up. Uh, Jennifer, really good to have you on. I'm going to go ahead and mute my mic so I can check my audio. Bear with me, everybody. As we know, this is a super professional production, and this is the best, right? 
User says, you saw the mass shooter being charged as a minor, right? Which mass shooter, dude? There's so many mass shooters, I don't even know anymore. Minor, right? Sounds like that. My audio is working. Baltimore. I might have covered that for a second, but honestly, they're all blending together now. <laughs> like yesterday, there was like a mass shooting at a mall. It ended up being just a couple of kids. I mean, not just, but it was just a couple of kids beating up another kid. I have to go back and look at that Baltimore thing. I'm also a pothead, so sometimes that shit will just slip my brain, bro. All right, I got to. Maybe I got a deep dive the Baltimore shooting. What the heck? The hell? Always, especially on a morning like this, uh, two of the four victims' family members have released a statement urging President Scott Green to stop the demolition this morning. As you know, this has garnered really polarizing opinions as to what should happen to this home. I'm just first curious where you stand on this. Is demolishing this home ahead of trial a mistake today? I think it's a mistake, Marky. Look, once you demolish it, you can never get it back. And that house, even though it's been altered, surprise me still can answer a lot of questions for jurors. It can answer what those stairs sound like. It could it could answer a question of Dylan Mortensen. What was her angles when she saw the intruder? It can answer the proximity of that house to that ring camera that recorded very important information that we have in the probable cause affidavit. So I think it will be a true mistake if this house is demolished. Which like why would they do this? I have a theory. Of course, I have a theory, right? Y'all know me. I get theories right at the top of the dome, baby. But this one is the theory behind this, in my opinion. They jumped the gun with this guy. They're desperate to find somebody uh, for this shooting or these the stabbing. I'm sorry. It was a crazy news story when it happened. It was at a crazy time. I mean, it's still a crazy time. Our world's never been the same since COVID. But I think they jumped the gun. They found the weirdest motherfucker they could that knew all of them barely and charged him and i think i'm not saying he's innocent i just think that the evidence they have on him is shit and they want to demolish the house because they're afraid there might be something in the house that's going to go against their original plan of getting this guy i don't know what do you think it looks like it's going to be marky yeah in just four hours you know jennifer i have the statement from the consolvis and the cronodal families right in front of me here they they list off a, a litany of questions you know how that how will you be able to answer these if the house is gone is there audio evidence what can you hear standing outside the house what can you hear um hot take maybe for y'all dna evidence is for the most part pretty fucking fake inside the house what were the vantage points of the roommates uh, the president of the university obviously made a very different decision here. Uh, and we can argue all day long, you know, for legal or trial reasons, should this house stay? But is the president, should he have been more obligated to the current students and staff at, at this university and their healing process? Did, did he make the right choice for the school, I guess? I think when you put into the balance, Marky, possible justice being affected in terms of juror decisions if they ended up touring that house compared with the eyesore or or the you know view that it it holds some sort of um you know reminder look no one is 
going to forget what happened. When this happens, like, does the city agree to pay for the property to demolish it? Or what are the, what's the deal? Do they get fair market value? Or I wonder. That's crazy. I'd be pissed off and be like, I don't care if people, four people died. I'm going to turn this into a hotel or something, make some money off of this around Halloween time. Shit. You can't do that to me. I'm an American. What happened there? And I just think when you weigh that out, that house should stay. Yeah. Uh, you know, in cases like this, yeah. where the scene of the crime will be destroyed before a trial is even set to begin. For the prosecution and also the defense, what kind of access have they had? What have they recorded Story's to be able crazy. to show to this jury next year who, of course, won't be able to walk it and see it uh, for themselves? Well, they're going to be able to make a model. They're going to have amazing <laughs> video coverage of what happened. But they're going to make a model. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Marky, as I always say, just think of the video that you might see when you're looking for a home. And then you go to the home and you say, wait a minute, that ceiling is way taller. Or, oh, my gosh, the acoustics are terrible in here. Or, or there's stairs right. are creaking. So no video will ever take the place. And recall, too, Marky, in the Murdoch trial, how important that visit was. Jurors spent over 30 minutes there. And jurors said later that really helped them make the decision. Yeah. And so, you know, with this specific case you bring up that user has a has a question let me see if i understand it question is who does anyone involved have to do with someone like clinton's for example yeah <laughs> a point with this jury point not being taken. able to walk the home see the home like you're saying um how will that impact their decision making and do you or do you think there's already so much evidence stacked up against Koberger that a house tour wouldn't make much of a difference here well, certainly the prosecution is holding that, uh, you know, that's what they believe, Marky. They think that they have a, such a strong case, they don't need the house. Meanwhile, the defense is saying, we don't want anyone in that murder house. That's how it would be viewed. So neither side really... <laughs> They're even calling it murder house now. I want to go ahead and flash this to keep this up on the screen for a second. But get prepared to go to that link right there. Copy and paste it in the chat and put it in your bar if you need to. Go to www.rumble.com slash C slash Cosmic Radio, capital C, capital R, to continue watching the rest of the show. we got about five more minutes here on YouTube, and then we're cutting the YouTube, and we're going to be exclusively on Rumble. Cares about this house remaining. But who does care, as we've pointed out, are these victim families, Marky, and we don't know how it will affect the jurors, and now we will never know. Yeah, and Jennifer, just a couple seconds left. Is there any chance something changes at the 11th hour here? Were these families asking the legal system to put a stop to this? Is there any chance that request comes to fruition? No. I don't think so, Marky, especially since the prosecution nor... Isn't that fucked up? Victim's family had no say in it. They, they just like, ah. Uh... Half the families involved. Eh. The defense has asked for it. And interestingly, Marky, it's in the hands of the president of the University of Idaho. And that is the interesting part. He could change his mind, but it seems like this train is rolling way down the track at this point, and it's not going to change. Yeah, we know this house was given to the school after these heinous murders uh, took oh. place by the homeowner. So, uh, yeah, in the school's hands. The house was given to the school by the homeowner? 
what the fuck does the homeowner know? I'm going to look into the homeowner. Thank you for watching. Go to that is that is a little weird, folks. I'm sorry. That is a little bit weird. All right. We got one more quick little clip. Two minutes from Philadelphia on the Idaho Murder House. Then we'll cut the YouTube. This morning, the home where four University of Idaho college students were killed last year is set to be torn down, but not without opposition from some of the victims' families. I think the world uh, agrees with them, but the, the home also has a significant emotion. Yeah, we both kind of uh, called this one user to it. In a new statement, the families of Kaylee Gonzalez and Zana Kernodal argue the house is also a critical piece of evidence, saying when the victims can't speak, you have to speak for them when you feel someone is hurting the case. They say that having access to the house could eventually help with key questions, such as could the surviving roommates hear a dog barking from the third floor? Screams? Can you hear those same sounds from the bottom apartment? Gonzalez, Kernodal, Ethan Chase and Madison Mogan were found stabbed to death in the home in November last year. Prosecutors allege Brian Koberger, a criminology PhD student at nearby Washington State University, broke in and killed them. He did not offer a plea, so the judge entered a not guilty plea on his behalf. The FBI recently canvassed the home in October, gathering data to create visual aids that can be used during the trial. Visual aids. They provide more information that allow for the understanding of photographs and videos. They can provide measure. They can provide the location of walls, for example, or the directions of cameras. The University of Idaho owns the home and says it represents a grim reminder of the murders, saying it is time for its removal and to allow the collective healing of our community to continue. Oh, Meanwhile, right? a trial date for Koberger has still not been scheduled and added frustration for the victims' families. The demolition of that house is set to begin this morning. Neither the prosecution nor the defense has objected. Andrea Fujii, ABC News, New York. Right. There's that story. We'll watch one more video of the Idaho murders, the demolition. We'll get the live stream of it from earlier today. But that's going to be it for the YouTube, everybody. If you liked what you saw, if you like talking about the things that can get you kicked off of YouTube, if you don't like censorship, if you like being able to speak freely and go talk shit off the cuff about all kinds of wacky theories and ideas you have, go to my rumble, go to cosmic show, go to rumble.com slash C slash cosmic radio, capital C capital R and continue on with the show tonight. We'll see you next time on YouTube. Still live on rumble. <laughs> All right, Rumble fam. I, I also have you guys pulled up in the chat, too. I'm trying to uh, hang out with y'all. Hey, what's up, Teabagging Therapist, a.k.a. User? He is our uh, one of our longtime loyal listeners. <laughs> There's the chat. Just so you guys know, I'm not lying. I'm here. I'm here in the chat, but not. I'm not in the chat as much when it's just me solo. It's, it's harder to manage. That's so why I like Mars Bars to join in, but he might be calling in later. I want him to call in. Let's check out that live stream of them actually demolishing the house. They went live this morning to demolish this house. Isn't that crazy? Look at this. Let's go back. Look how early they started. I'm completely. Just 
digging it all out. Digging it out like one of the big booty hoes. You know what I mean? Catch my drift. They're just destroying it. Smash. Bet you everybody in town was. Everybody in town heard this and knew about it. Moscow, Idaho is small. I passed through Boise once. It's a beautiful state. Idaho is one of the most beautiful states. Right. Uh, that sounds weird. Question. Is it sound say. on or sound off? We'll see. I might have time tomorrow morning. Okay. I never thought I would say that in my life. It's just so green. And the hills are like... Like, they don't have mountains, but their hills are like... Rolling. Rolling. He's having a hard time there. A truck was fucking haunted. Shit. There was a person in there. I don't support LGBTQs. I think they need to find Jesus and quit being mentally ill. Anywho, that's that's all we have on the Idaho murders, okay? Just a weird story. Just a weird story. There's a lot of news kind of breaking today, but it's so scattered. It's some of it's so worthless, like Calendar Gate. Oh my god, that shit was so gay. The Tucker Carlson's now talking about Derek Chauvin and shit. We'll take a look at that video too. We might as well, but <laughs> this is for um, my longtime listeners. Dude, I DM'd, I DM'd um, a very famous person today for a podcast interview. And I think I might be able to get her if I play my cards right. I email the right people. But Gypsy Rose Blanchard just got out of prison. And if you follow true crime like I do, it's one of the biggest true crime stories of all time. It's just an insane mindfuck. Um, if you want to get up to date on that, don't watch the Netflix show. Go listen to Sorted Scale's coverage of the case because Sorted Scale is by far, it's it's like it's not even close. They're by far the best true crime podcast in the world, and I, I can say that with full confidence. I've subscribed to them for like eight years at five dollars, ten dollars a month, and the amount of content you get, the quality is so fantastic. But uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard was basically a victim of Munchausen by proxy, which is a very insidious mental illness it's kind of common in cluster b personality type women and that's just kind of a fact but they, they what challenge by proxy is is where you gaslight and you convince somebody and not just somebody but sometimes therapists doctors people in their lives you convince somebody that they're really sick and you keep them in that state whether you're doing it by just making them so depressed that they think that something's wrong with them all the time or in this case, the mother's actually freaking everybody to getting these crazy medical procedures done on her. But at some point in high school, she fell in love with some dude over online on the internet. and convinced him to come out there and they both murdered her, her mother. I guess the degrees of culpability in it are varied or there's conflicting information on that. But I really would love to have her on and I would have a completely fair conversation with her because i think it's 
it's such a moral gray area in what's happened to her, right? Because a lot of people, a lot of woke feminists even might say that a woman would be justified in murdering her rapist just hands down, right? But when it gets to a case like this, a much as about proxy where somebody's endured physical sustained abuse over a period of time, you see the same woke people or not. It's not even, it's everybody, right? You see some people kind of shy away at her, um, being given a platform or hearing out her story. I'm not sure what the main public opinion is of her. I'm guessing it's pretty 50 50. I just, it would be a fantastic podcast. So let's see if we can make that happen. Uh, let's check out this quick little three minute long video. From News Nation. Well, an update to a story that captivated the country for years. Gypsy Rose Blanchard released from prison today after serving nearly eight years of a 10-year prison sentence in connection to the death of her abusive mother. Blanchard admitted to persuading her then-boyfriend to kill her mother, who for years convinced her daughter and the public that Gypsy Rose was seriously ill. Correspondent Laura Engel joins us live. And Laura, this is a case that Again, captivated people's attention. It spawned multiple television dramas, even a true crime documentary. That's right. And it was a story that also gave us a lot of true crime podcasts and a lot of chatter in the true crime circles. And now today has a new chapter when Gypsy Rose Blanchard walked out of prison at 3.30 a.m., basically in the middle of the night in Missouri as a free woman after years of abuse at the hands of her mother, as you mentioned, and over seven years behind bars for plotting to kill her. And Gypsy Rose was just 23 at the time of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard's death. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison after pleading guilty to second-degree murder, admitting to plotting with her. Look at what that woman did to her. She already looks so much healthier, like, out of prison. Like, Nicholas Godejohn to kill her mom in June of 2015. Blanchard suffered from Munchausen by proxy, which is a mental disorder when someone fabricates illnesses or causes injury to someone for sympathy or attention. Gypsy Rose said her mother had convinced everyone she was terminally ill with the mind of a seven-year-old child, suffered from muscular dystrophy, leukemia, and other ailments. Doctors eventually determined she was never ill. And Gypsy Rose told People magazine... It took these doctors years to figure this shit out, too. They actually didn't even figure it out till <laughs> she got murdered. She is not proud of what she did, and she, quote, regrets it every single day. Blanchard's attorney says as part of her parole, Gypsy will be allowed to leave Missouri and live in Louisiana with her husband, Ryan Scott Anderson, whom she married while she was in prison. Her father and stepmother have been helping to set up a new life for her upon her release. Christy Blanchard spoke with Ashley Banfield last week about their plans. Oh, shit. We're going to pretty much follow her lead, uh, see how overwhelming she gets, and it's going to be a big adjustment. What does she want to do first? Oh, we're doing a spa day. <laughs> we booked a spa day. Uh, we're going to go get her pedicure, manicure, facial, haircut, colored if she wants. You know, the works, bring her shopping. And in an interview, she said if she had a chance to redo everything, she would go back to when she was a child and tell her aunts and uncles that she was not sick and would tell them, quote, mommy makes me sick and said her mother was a sick woman and didn't deserve what happened to her. And we're now starting to see, Nicole, some photos. Some of the paparazzi have been uh, able to track her down. So we'll try and bring those to you a little bit later today. All right. Laura Engel live for us. Thank you. Well, it seems like Gypsy Rose Blanchard has a pretty normal take. 
pretty normal take on it. If you guys are out there, make sure you interact with the chat on Rumble. It helps drive the algorithm. It helps the next day um, pages. You know, when you browse the categories on podcasts or just chatting, it helps get this one more to the top. So please interact with the chat. Um, I want to say once again, thank you to the audio only people. Buzzsprout.com is where I host my podcast and the audio only version. You can hear it on Spotify, Apple, podcastindex.org, and most likely your favorite podcast player. Let's keep it going, people. We're about halfway through the show right now. Let's see what are we, what are we talking about next? We're we're kind of being pretty. Uh, we're we're at a good pace tonight. We're going through a good pace. Let's see. I want to show this Eric Adams guy. This Eric Adams guy. He's freaking out with this immigration. It's like the East Coast of the Midwestern Westerners out in Chicago are finally getting a taste of what we deal with out here in Albuquerque in these woke ass Southwest cities like LA, Phoenix, all them cities, Denver. You want to see how that happened? You want to see how once great towns and areas to live go from super moderate to super crazy woke and welfare states in less than a generation? Well, you're learning right now. You import a whole bunch of immigrants that have no business being here. They don't even look like Mexicans at all. They're not Mexicans. They're Haitians. They're Africans. They're Sudanese. They're going to be Palestinian soon. Afghanistan refugees. There's already 10,000 of them here in New Mexico. But it's crazy that whenever there's like a world global conflict that the powers that be just have these places ready on their speed dial to fucking send them. But it's a win-win if you're of a certain political persuasion. You get automatic votes for a lifetime. Um, you get probably you get a lot of federal funding for these bullshit programs that help these immigrants and disperse these money and resources to them. It, but it's turning, it's going to get bad, people. There's going to be some very major crimes that happen, very brutal crimes. They're going to be happening now in Chicago. They're going to be in New York, and you're going to see children being stabbed on subways or in restaurants. You're going to see Alua Akbar in your local strip mall. So hope you're ready. Hope everybody's happy about it. I hope we're all happy about it, you fuckers. Just kidding. I know it's not y'all's fault. There is two schools of thought in this city. Mushmouth. That's what I call it. Initiative in place to clean up the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't know if you traveled past the Brooklyn Bridge. I think the Post rightfully did an analysis of what was happening on the Brooklyn Bridge. This guy, by the way, is one of my favorite people to shit on of all time. Uh, Councilwoman Brewer came and said, let the vendors stay. Uh, That is an unsafe environment there. (laughs) So there's like this two school of thoughts that you're seeing in this city. You know, you see the school of thought that police officers should be filling out documentations every time they stop people. There are those who say that, no, police officers should do. I'm going to run to the restroom and try to clear my nose. I'll be right back, folks. Right back. Sorry, it might be TMI, but it's true.
All right, I'm back. I couldn't breathe. Couldn't breathe for a second. Felt like Eric Garner. Police suit. People say that we should do the um, what's happened with uh, punitive segregation. There are those who feel one way. We feel there's others who feel another. I think the majority of New Yorkers line up to we need a well-managed, peaceful, orderly city. Unfortunate, it's unfortunate that a larger number of them have become apathetic to voting, that we're lending a numerical <laughs> my, m- minority hijack the philosophies and the management of our cities. And I'm hoping that this is going to encourage New Yorkers to engage in politics more. Uh, because some of these things that are passing through, uh, people think they're attractive. I challenge you, go visit other cities that these initiatives have come in place. You need to go see other <laughs> cities. And you will realize my school of thinking of having a well-managed, organized city because of how diverse we are in practices. This city has to Is be maintained right? and it has to be orderly. And having vending everywhere, having prostitution, people believe in legalizing prostitution, people believe in um, legalizing the use of, uh, uh, of uh, lend people to shoot drugs in front of your home, sleeping in front of your home. New York is crazy. This city is too complicated to have an any and everything go city. And that's my that's 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 my. He's switching up his two man. What about what about BLM, bro? What about the the brothers? What about the brothers? <laughs> what a dork! I hate this guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tea bag! It's going off. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's go! I got another. Uh, I got a lot of uh, immigration videos today. They're funny, dude. People be funny. Here's an executive order that he signed today. He's going to talk about how he has to be notified 36 hours in advance if the charter buses of migrants come. If not, they're going to be charged with Class B misdemeanor. Just last week, 14 buses arrived in a single day. So the most ever recorded by officials at our intake center. We are in close contact with other cities and state leaders across the country who are seeing a similar increase and arrivals. To better coordinate these arrivals today, I'm announcing an executive order requiring charter buses transporting migrants, those often contracted by the state of Texas, to provide 32 hour notice in advance of their arrival into New York City. To make sure we have sufficient staffing, We are also requiring that these charter buses arrive only between 8.30 a.m. and 12 p.m., Monday through Friday, and to only drop off passengers at one spot unless directed otherwise by New York City Emergency Management. Failure to do so result in a Class B misdemeanor, possible fines, lawsuit, and even buses being impounded. We cannot allow buses with people needing our help to arrive without warning at any hour of day and night. This not only prevents us from providing assistance in an orderly way, it puts those who have already suffered so much in danger. 
All right. That's all we got there with Eric Adams. He's annoying as F. Never says anything smart. Never says anything intelligent. He's he's probably one of the dumbest politicians. I would have to guess. Just if we did an IQ test, he would do it in crayon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's another uh, video. I, I haven't seen this one yet. I've been really excited to see this one. The view guest pulls out receipts and leaves the get, leaves the hosts in silence after they bring up the infamous Mexicans are rapists hoax. <laughs> this is probably going to be pretty good. When he announced his candidacy and went down that tacky gold elevator. Oh, wait, is this satire? I think it is satire. Okay, it's satire. They got me on it. Let's watch it anyway. Uh, escalator. He started talking about Mexicans as racist, as rapists. I was surprised <laughs> that he got away Sonny, with that. Seven years have passed since the Mexican rapist hoax. And you should be ashamed of yourself for a steal missing from your audience. I got to pull up the receipt. The actual quote from Trump. They're not sending their best. They are sending people that have lots of problems. They are bringing drugs and crime. They are rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. The actual quote. So it's pretty clear that he's <laughs> talking about criminals, drug dealers, and gang members. And there's been tons of instances with illegal immigrants raping and killing people. That's a fact. So now the important <laughs> question is, if Trump truly hates Mexicans, why rely on an out-of-context fake quote as your only evidence? <laughs> that was pretty dumb. <laughs> that was pretty dumb. It could have been real, though. Like, ah. Uh... I wish it would have been real. I was hoping it would have been real. I'm not, but I'm not below getting caught once in a while on <laughs> falling for satires. Let's go to YouTube. I know I've got a couple of videos pulled up with this on YouTube, and then we'll go back to Twitter. We'll go back to the funnier uh, Twitter bookmarks I have that I didn't get to yet. Let's see. How about the American de delegation meets? Mexico's president. Today, top Biden cabinet members are holding urgent talks with Mexico's president aimed at quelling the record number of migrants <coughs> arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border. That high-level meeting comes as Capitol Hill lawmakers resume talks focused on U.S. immigration policy and securing the southern border. ABC's Melissa Adan has the new details from out Los Angeles. A caravan of thousands of migrants is now headed to an overwhelmed southern border as the month of December is on track to have the highest number of Border Patrol apprehensions ever, according to CBP data. No With several days seeing more than 10,000 apprehensions, the mayors of three major cities, New York, Chicago and Denver, meeting to discuss solutions for the crisis. Two blacks and a Jew walking to Eric Adams calling out Texas Governor Greg Abbott after Abbott sent hundreds of asylum seekers using taxpayer dollars to Democrat-led sanctuary cities via planes and buses. Ah, the games and use of migrants as potential, as political pawns. But we need <laughs> the state and federal government's help in resettling and supporting the 68,000 migrants still in our care, as well as those who are on their way and those yet to come. 
The mayor speaking from a united front calling on more federal resources and a coordinated system to deal with the influx as they scramble to shelter the migrants. This is said by the governor of Texas, literally dropping families off in the middle of nowhere. In Mexico City, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Alejandro Mayorkas meeting with Mexico's president. They're not jumping off in the middle of nowhere. They're jumping them off in downtown Chicago. Versus telling ABC News the Biden administration planned to push Mexico to step up immigration enforcement within their country, help reopen key ports of entry, and encourage migrants to stay in Mexico. Melissa Don, ABC Good luck News. on that. Why would they want to stay in Mexico? It's a shithole country. Don't they know? They're always wondering why. <laughs> T-Bag, it says Katie Hochul, Ho- Hochul, <laughs> Katie Hochul, uh, cited Bill for reparations. Oh, surprise, surprise. I'm not. Let's go to one more Good Morning America video. Now to the immigration crisis. Border crossings are on track to break records in December. And now a coalition yeah, of Democratic so mayors black. are demanding federal help as busloads of migrants arrive on their doorsteps. Okay, there is a little Trevor mix. joins us now with more. Trevor. The child had nappy hair, though. Good morning. Good morning. So this is the Port Authority in Manhattan. This is where these buses are now required to drop off the migrants at specific times with specific notice. But the mayor here and several other leaders of really prominent cities say they need substantial federal help as this problem is that Ryan grows. December is now on track to have the highest number of Border Patrol apprehensions ever, according to Customs and Border Protection data. The agency reporting on average nearly 10,000 apprehensions <laughs> a day over the last week. And this morning, a trio of mayors from New York City, Chicago and Denver are all calling for federal support responding to the national immigration crisis. Accusing Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott of cruel and inhumane politics, busing migrants across the country. We're looking at about $160 million of potential costs going to next year's budget. That's almost 10% of our entire city budget. New York City's mayor issuing an executive order requiring advance notice for buses dropping off migrants in the city. Now only allowing their arrival weekday mornings between 8.30 and noon. This, as officials Wednesday, shuttled hundreds of people to overcrowded shelters throughout the city. To be clear, this is not stopping people from coming but about ensuring the safety of migrants and making sure they can arrive in a coordinated and orderly way. The mayor's office says more than 7,000 asylum seekers have arrived in New York City in just the last two weeks. Earlier this week, hundreds of asylum seekers were flown to the Northeast, forced to stop in Philadelphia. (laughs) Asylum, they're all asylum seekers now? Fuck, man. It's all asylum? Like, they're not work visas, immigrants, or labor. They're They're all asylum seekers. All right, bro. Whatever you say. To bad weather. On Wednesday, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken visiting Mexico, meeting with the president there to discuss the historic levels of migration. A source familiar with the talk says the U.S. is hoping to find ways to convince Mexico to do more to ramp up immigration enforcement on its side of the border. 
and discuss incentives to encourage people to stay in Mexico rather than cross into the U.S. The talks come as another large caravan of thousands of people slowly advances north through Mexico, headed toward the southern border. The leaders of the group reportedly made up of people fleeing Central America are carrying banners which read Exodus from Poverty. And Republicans God. in Congress are trying to require a See, that, that Catholic social liberation shit, that went too far, all right? You went too far. All you fucking Latinos out there, immigrants, y'all need to get off your fucking liberal-ass high horse and shit. Get back to your roots. Go back to Latin mass, ignore Pope Francis, and go back to the 1950s, people. Jeez. Everybody's gone woke. It's a disaster. All right. That's the main news for the day. Let's go ahead and the best or worst of Twitter now. Let's go back through the things we didn't get to watch. All right. Everybody know let's let's check into the rumble chat right now. <coughs> what stories are you guys following out there on Rumble? Next year, I plan on getting back into interviews more. I want to do weekly shows with my co-host, but he's he's a, he's a little flaky, okay? But this last year, we did 78 podcast episodes. This year, I want to get into like 90. If we get 90 solid episodes in, I'll be happy. So this is happening now, the Baltimore thing? All right, T-Baggy, let me, let me check this out. He keeps saying Baltimore shooter, and I don't know anything about what's happening right now. Do I do Baltimore shooting live stream or what? I don't see anything on YouTube. Let me go back to the chat. But you said live. Live checkout. Oh, you mean like do it on a live stream. Okay, I think that's what you mean. We'll delve into that. That sounds like some Fed glow op shit. Speaking of Fed blow ops, we know UAPs are back in the news, right? And there's this um, apparently this set of uh, this this recreation that I just came across from conspiratorial report. I don't know if it's old or new, but the animation looked kind of cool, and I want to check it out with you guys. William McDonald worked with Tester's company <laughs> to design an authentic model based on the recovered Roswell craft. In 1993, I was hired as the concept designer to the movie Roswell. And after completing that assignment, I decided to find out what the real spacecraft and the real bodies looked like, having nothing to do with the film. My research took me into a four-year journey of interviewing military officers and other researchers who supplied with me the data that I needed to do full forensic composites of what the flight crew and the spacecraft looked like that crashed at Roswell on mm. July 4th, 1947 at 11 o'clock in the evening. Much to my surprise, it was not a disc. It was a winged vehicle, a wave rider, one of those lifting body, trans-atmospheric, high-speed recon type of vehicles. 
it was amazing what we came up with. It was extremely unique. We found out many years later that everybody, including Ben Rich, knew that this vehicle had been the design Rosetta Stone, the holy grail of aerospace designs. We found that inside this vehicle had microprocessors that looked like the neuroganglia tissue that you see in a human brain. The entire vehicle was found to have biomorphic characteristics, those being called biomagnetic or biomimicry. This vehicle, when by itself exhibited artificial intelligence, but when you plugged all seven flight crew members into all seven flight crew stations, you had an interface between their physical bodies and the neurological structure of the spacecraft, which was exotic metal and non-organic components, mostly crystalline metals in exotic mixtures. That way the vehicle became in essence akin to a living being with multiple brain nodes. Oh my God. That sounds terrifying. That sounds like one of the most plausible descriptions of a UAP I've ever heard. Honestly, that would rings more true to me. All right. Teabagging. We got to cover this story. Okay. We're going to do it for you. He leaked a, he leaked an article for me. So we'll get to uh, watch it shortly. Or read it. <laughs> but here's the story he's been going on about. I This story seems to have gotten past me, folks. He's 18? How's he getting charged as a minor? That's such bullshit. The 18-year-old facing murder conspiracy and dozens of other charges has a pending matter in a juvenile case. Gessler tells us why city prosecutors fear it could lead to his pretrial release. 18-year-old Tristan Jackson is facing 57 charges related to July's Brooklyn Day mass shooting. The series of shootings wounded 28 people and killed two others. Jackson was arrested in August. He's facing charges of murder conspiracy, attempted murder, assault, and reckless endangerment. He's among five young people facing charges from that night, but none are charged directly with the murders of 20-year-old Kylas Fagbemi or 18-year-old Aliyah. Oh, you see, I thought it was like a shootout or something. I didn't think it was one person. Gonzalez. Detectives wrote in court records Jackson was on GPS monitoring from another case. He just turned 18 two months prior. Last week, a judge ordered Jackson be transferred to a youth facility since juvenile services has an open case. That is an extremely uncommon situation. Uh, it's a situation that I have not personally seen outside of this case. Legal expert Joe Papafotis is a former public defender who says Jackson will see some benefits from the transfer. That sort of pretrial status is, my understanding, a much different setting in a juvenile facility. You know, I kind of see shit like this in my work. Like, I can't tell any details at all, but I kind of see stuff like this with the juvenile system being used. It's like, like a placeholder that you get into... I, I can't talk about CYFD and all that stuff. As opposed to an adult facility. The Baltimore City State's Attorney's Office said Jackson's adult case should take priority over his juvenile matter, saying in part, as it stands, DJS does not consider public safety when determining whether a youth should be detained. And we fear the possibility that DJS will allow him to be released back into the community, even though a judge has already found him to be a threat to the community. DJS could not comment, but Papafotis says Jackson's no bail status from the adult case will make any release a long shot. I think it would be 
extremely unlikely, and I wouldn't see a mechanism uh, legally for the release of that individual from a DJS facility. Mayor Scott Wednesday said he'll wait for Jackson to be held accountable in the adult system. It is my top public safety piece of legislation to change the outdated policies around home monitoring, but that's not just for youth. That's for adults as well. Maryland judiciary officials say they cannot comment on pending matters, but according to the state's public safety and corrections website, Jackson's holding facility Wednesday was listed as central booking, the adult jail. He's scheduled to have a hearing here in his adult case next month. All right. That is an interesting story. I got to look into that a lot more. You're right, dude. That's a fucking weird ass story. That is crazy. This is one of the crazy stories. What the hell's going on with that dude? He must be an MK Ultra subject. Like I say, I speak off the cuff all the time. That's just me, yo. Oh, dude, I gotta ask your take, teabagging. We can say anything on Rubble, just so you know, but we got a very, uh, this is a very disturbing clip from a law conference between a defense attorney and a prosecutor in 2018 about, um, Apparently, the owner of Pornhub, he coaches defense attorneys of pedophiles on how to get lesser sentences. And he was at this conference five years ago. So I think this is worth a look. And there's a couple of creepy things said. And I just want to see your guys' opinion on this. It's, it's, it's a little disturbing. I think the lady next to him gets a little uncomfortable. But it's she kind of just felt like she was used to it. Parliament seems to have accepted as a basic penological principle that sentences have a general and specific deterring effect. Um, if you look at the evidence, your mileage will vary. But in fact, maybe this is a good case study of that not working. But hey, that will get you nowhere more. Or, or we could argue that we arrived at this place because we had adopted that part of you for a long time. And so maybe we're here because the uh, conditional sentences or the human sentences that we were imposing. I don't know if you guys caught that, but he he called the old days of conditional sentences for serious crimes that potentially might hit pedophilia and other sex crimes. As a as a defender, he called that the good old days. Let's go back and really pay attention. I can't turn it up any louder. That will get you nowhere more. Or or we can argue that we are arrived at this place because we had a dog for a long time. And so maybe we're here because the uh, conditional sentences or the and sentences that we were imposing in 2003. The good old days? And to use, to be very plain about it, to use years in jail as a way of addressing that. So what you want to do is take your offender and distinguish them from these larger trends. That is to say, yes, this is happening, and this evidence is not contested, but my case is different. So you want to distinguish your client on the basis of not just the number of images, that was an old game that was, oh, X number of images that nets you this amount. You have to go farther than that because 
Um, as we'll talk about, we talked about viewing the images or the trial judge view of a representative sample. There are some images where if you have one of them, you know, you'd rather have hundreds of a different type or a, a, there, there, there are images that are just, you know, on their own are so horrific. So you want to look really, and I say look, try to avoid looking if you can, but be able to categorize this in terms of what type of collection is this. Yeah, really weird. You didn't really understand it until halfway through, but they, they're talking about like explicit like images that would be illegal to have, which could only be snuff film or child porn, really. Yeah, I don't know what, <coughs> what other kind of images would be straight illegal unless you're injuring somebody for pleasure. Most other stuff will follow under fall under news worthiness or something like that. But let's see if T-Bag says something. <laughs> oh, he should stand against the wall. Why America? <laughs> Dude, I gotta ask you, and I can only talk on Rubble about this, but like, I don't understand, and I'm being honest, I don't understand the connection between allegedly Jews and pornography, like, them being in favor of it. Like, I don't really understand that. The I guess the theory is that Jews kind of don't see producing pornography as as immoral if they're producing it, not participating in it, and selling it to other people. Is that what it is? He said Sanhedrin 54B, 54, 55B. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I won't look it up right now, but I'm gonna put it in my other search bar that you can't see so I could uh, look it up later. Alright. Thank you. I just gotta know. I gotta know. Like I don't understand it. There's such a weird. I'm just gonna say it. There's such a weird people that they shouldn't be mad when people are all super um, weirded out by what they do. Sometimes, okay. That's just all I gotta say. All right, we got about two or three more videos. I'm kind of having a lot of fun. So if you're down to hang out, teabag it. I'm down to hang out. Yeah, I've heard those things, but like I don't know how that directly ties to pornography. Or if it's just the things tend towards each other. I I don't know. All right. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of, of black Twitter and black conspir conspiracies. Here we have Pip C exposing gay rituals in Hollywood with Bud B. If you know, they are bad. If you're a 2000s uh, rap kid, you know that they're UGK, the Underground Kings. And Pip C died tragically in a hotel room, uh, overdosed, kind of maybe like what, 10 years ago, something like that, 15 years ago. Uh, rest in peace, Pip C. Bud B's a super smart dude uh, of his own. He's probably a little on the black power tip, but he's a political scientist, straight up. He's a smart guy also. Not not some dummies. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, dude, you already know what we're talking about. Like they love putting people in dresses in Hollywood. Let's, let's see what UGK has to say about it. Two men can really call themselves friends or partners or homies. Can't start with lies. They can't build on lies and you know what I'm saying when it's all over you know what I'm saying can't be no lies a part of it yeah, everything between me and him regardless of how we may deal with everybody else mm -hmm. I'm 100 with him 
be 100 with me. That's the only way we gonna make it. And from the beginning, it's always been we. It ain't never been. And watch this, bun. I'm gonna say this too, you niggas out there think this shit is cool, but it ain't cool. <laughs> get ready, dude. You get you're gonna be like, holy shit, this guy, this guy got murdered because he's based. Me and this man ain't never been butt naked in no room together with no hoes, pulling no orgy type shit or doing none of that whole ass shit you niggas out there be doing, thinking you're doing some fly shit. Nigga, if you're in a room naked with some other niggas and some broad, them niggas looking at your ass. And if that shit is that shit is gay, and you need to get on some other shit. Me and this man got nothing but respect for each other. We ain't never pulling no train. We ain't no motherfucking freaks. We some family men. We getting it paper. Know what I'm talking about? And I had to put that out there, bun, because a lot of niggas doing a lot of fugazi shit out here, man. Fugazi. You know what I'm saying? These niggas that flip flopping, they pitching and they catching with these boys, and they doing all so. And if you gay, that's cool, but be gay and come on out and, and be that. Don't be in front of us and acting like a straight up G. And then you get up over here and you let these boy bust up your back. Because, you know, it's going to come to the light. And yeah, I won't put that a man. This man ain't never seen me naked. I ain't no, never no, seen no. him naked. We don't desire to do no shit like that. We ain't going out like that. And we, I mean, we were wild young teenagers. We, we before had, that X, you know, that X, yeah. you know, that shit fucking with a lot of these boys' heads. I don't know. Man. Maybe they using X as an excuse to, to open them doors that they well, really want to open. Like you know that. what I'm saying? <laughs> Where we like? I'm telling you, I wonder what got, like, they must have seen something right before they started talking to this guy. They must have been like disturbed by some shit. I don't know. That shit was really funny. That shit is so funny to me. <laughs> T Mac is like definitely based. Oh, uh, oh my god. Oh man, this wouldn't be the Cosmic Show or Cosmic Radio if we didn't talk about Yay. Oh man, Yay. He's a weirdo. He's got a, a bunch of different things happening right now. Apparently his apology in Hebrew was written by ChatGPT and other people have been able to recreate it by prompting ChatGPT. So that's extra funny. Uh, Israel came out, like the Israel Twitter page came out and didn't accept it. But the ADL was like, pretty good, Kanye. <laughs> but we, we're not sure yet. <laughs> Here's what Dr. Umar, he's a fucking, he's a quack also, but he has a couple of good takes right now. And he talks about, I, I just got to say that the reason, part of the reason why I love Michael Jackson and Ye so much is they are the only two that I've ever talked about the JQ in hip hop. And I think it's a question worth having, but let's go ahead and see what happened on this podcast with Joe Budden. Get rapid fire with some of this because we got a lot of shit to talk about. Sure, sure. Well, I want to ask you about your thoughts on Kanye. My thoughts on Kanye. Number one, I got to give Kanye his props because Kanye West <laughs> is the first yeah. black oh, billionaire oh. since Michael Jackson to unapologetically hold the European Jews accountable for their exploitation of. Did he just say Kazarian? Of black artists. He did it. He did it unapologetically. And he stood 10 toes down even when they started shaking down his pockets. When, when no other that? celebrity has done that. When he did that? I'm asking. A couple months ago. Yeah. About when he talked the about whole the Adidas thing. Jews, and how they the control the, the artists. They control oh, hip-hop. Can I tell Look, they're all playing dumb, trying to 
obscure the subject. Tell you what he just right. recently said. He did. I saw know, he's, been, he's been ranting. So he said, uh, "We're not black. We're Indian." Uh, he says that race is made <laughs> up. Show me black on the planet. Let me say this: Kanye West's father was a Black Panther, mm-hmm. so was, I know he knows better. But let me go for him. Kanye. I believe is still suffering from the grief and trauma of losing his mother. I do agree with this. I think losing his mother and his first girlfriend or his first, like the lady he first engaged himself to uh, before college dropout. I, I think that's what it is. I'm a lifelong fan. I know his whole story. And I think that's my conclusion. I believe he hasn't processed that because when you're at that level of success, there's few people you can trust. Hmm. Kanye needs to stop looking for white girls and get him some damn therapy. I believe Kanye <laughs> is salvageable. I don't agree with everything he says, but he's one of the more honest, sincere artists we have at that level. I don't appreciate the bunny hopping. I don't appreciate the all white entourages. I don't appreciate that. But if I hey, they're they're kind they're dorks, but they're cool people, man. White people be cool. I had to if you said Dr. Umar, there's only one celebrity you can grab right now to to bring into your, your movement to liberate African people, it would be Kanye West. You know why? Because he showed me that at the end of the day, he will not sacrifice his principles for money. He showed me that with the Jewish ordeal. And, and I, don't, I can't name another mainstream black celebrity who has done anything close to that in this day and time. So then you don't give care. me somebody more sincere than Kanye at so, that level. So, of so then you don't care. Like you don't care that he's going to go home to his we would have to. Bianca Sensori means white censors in Italian. No, we got to have a conversation. He's not doing that shit with me. <laughs> you got something, no, something right? But what I'm saying is, I, I see enough What's there the in Kanye. No bunnies allowed. Yeah. Kanye, Kanye to me is the worst person for that. Because to me, let me tell you why. You, Pan African, and every, will never be bigger than his program. He wouldn't. He. That's so you don't why, believe that, Kanye is willing to put the people before no, his personal. No, I don't think no. I don't, that might be true. No, I'm not no, saying no. that's not true. And I'm simply saying, out of all the billionaires, because I'm because I'm, I'm with you on the matter of being truthful and being yes, honest. I'm yes, with you on that. But, but so is Trump. No, no, no. So that. Uh, uh, his narcissism. Look, let me tell you. His what narcissism would not allow him to do Trump or Kanye. Let me tell you what he did. This is my personal opinion. I think that when he got to the billionaire status, yes, sir, he thought. He accumulated the money, the power, the respect. He thought that. Okay. And right? then he got reminded that he was a nigga. This is, no, this is what happens. Money, I don't think he never forgot that. I, look, money comes. Okay. Right? And then you get power. Yes, sir. Right? But in your power ascension, you get respect based on relationships. Okay. The power is the relationships. The power is not the money. I agree with that. He I got the that. money and think Kanye went from 50 million to like 3 billion in like 10 years. Yes. You didn't accumulate the 30, 40 year relationships that the powerful motherfuckers got. His that's attitude, true, right? His, that's true. So when he- I think I'll leave it at that. That is a good point from that dork. I don't know who that guy is, but man, why is Malay trending? God damn it. That guy's such a fucking phony. I got to click on it really quick. God, I've been going to battle against this Javier Malay. I hate him. He's such a fraud. He signed a whole bunch of executive orders. He's turning it. He's, he's going to leave that country into fucking chaos. And that's exactly what everybody wants. But, but we digress. 
God, I got to do a bigger dive on him. I got to learn about who he is, really. Let me see if there's any other videos I got to share tonight. Vivek Ramaswamy is a pretty interesting cat, and he had this pretty um, cryptic message for people the other day. It's good to see you guys. What did you mean on social media when you said that they're not going to... um, they're going to take Biden out, and it's not going to be a noose. Oh, going to be- this is a longer story. It's, it's, it takes a dark turn, but I think it's, I know, I, I mean, I have a good sense of what's going to happen here. Okay. They're leading into trap. They're not going to let Trump get anywhere near the White House. They're not going to let him. So the goal is, you know, have him be the nominee, and by hell or high water, one way or other, they're not going to have him, they're not going to let him. What about the other two, though? It's not them. Who is it? It's within our own party. Okay. okay. It's within our own party? Yes, it is. Hey, look at the people who voted to keep Trump off the ballot. Who are they putting up? Who lawsuits to keep him off the ballot? Larry Fink to Reed Hoffman. Who are they propping up? So it's a game. And I'm not going to, I'm in this to make sure that that doesn't happen. They want it to be two horse race, eliminate him, put up actually the Trojan horse within the Republican Party that keeps the war machine humming and keeps the restrictions on speech and the censorship agenda. Get it done. Who needs Democrats? We can get it done through the Republican Party. So you do the math. Okay. You do the math on that. That's what's coming. Hey, thanks again for taking Think my about question. It. Yeah. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you. It. And I Thank appreciate you. your candor. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're not going to touch. Is Vivek real? Is he real right now? Is this guy being honest? Like, I don't know what to think of him. If he's controlled opposition, if he's leading some kind of quest to take votes away from Trump. I don't know if he's a... I don't know. He's very... He is a charismatic, mysterious political figure, in my opinion. Now he's in politics. I don't trust him at all. That's my gut instinct. But he says some shit that makes me want to get there. But I'm not going to fall into the same traps before. It's hard. It's a pretty hard one. The last video I kind of want to show, but it's super controversial. It's massive food for thought, though, and it could lead to some more interaction down the road. But I'm going to share it, dude. Uh, Ryan Dawson, he's one of my favorite follows on uh, on Twitter. I've been following him for a long time in the podcast world, and he's a little out there sometimes, but I find him to be a pretty reputable source. Um Here, he posted this video the other day, December 27th. Jews are not God's chosen people. And this is not his video. He just posted this simple little animation. And I think it's worth begging the question if modern-day Christianity has been co-opted by the Zionist Jewish movement to gain more sympathy and support. Because for a long time, we've been taught that we're like brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. But if you watch this video, I think there's some good evidence uh, against that really quick. Let's go. Let's go. We'll watch it. Ten minutes. It's a pretty known fact that the Jews are God's chosen people, that the Jewish homeland is Israel, that the Jews believe in the Old Testament, and that the Old Testament is about Jews. However, almost none of these facts are true. Nowhere in the Bible does it call the Jews God's chosen people. Modern-day Israel isn't really the homeland of the Jews. The Jews don't really believe in the Old Testament, and only maybe 5% of the people in the Old Testament can even be considered Jewish. So now that you've branded me an anti-Semite, we can begin. 
So the expression anti-Semite literally means against shit. By the way, I don't endorse this or condemn it. I'm frankly not a good enough Christian to know the scripture enough to say. And I would also have to know a little bit more about the Talmud and the Torah. And the Talmud I have no interest in, in reading up on. Shem or his descendants. However, being anti-Jewish isn't the same as being anti-Semitic. So let me explain. The Semites are the descendants of a man named Shem, who would father some of the world's most renowned empires and dynasties, such as the Assyrian and Babylonian empires, and even the Persians can call themselves the Semites. So why is it when you say something against the Jews, you are considered anti-Semitic? Because just like stealing your religion, your homes, your money and businesses, some Jews also love stealing names, inheritance, and land. So Shem is the son of Noah, the guy who built the ark when Mesopotamia flooded. The Sumerian kingdom would be destroyed by the flood, and the Semites would descend from the Caucasian mountains and establish the Akkadian Empire. Shem would have children, and one of his descendants would be named Eber. He would be the father of the Hebrew people, and the Semites would be called by his name. Eber's line would eventually give birth to a man named Abram or a Jew named Abraham, except okay. Abraham has never been a Jew, nor will he ever be a Jew, and to call Abraham one is just plain ignorant, so let's go through it. All right, I'm following. So, so according to the Bible, Abraham was a Hebrew and not a Jew, who God promised would be the father of many nations, not one single Jewish nation, but many nations, and that through him, all the families of the world would be blessed. Abraham would pass this blessing on to his younger son, Isaac, and not his eldest son, Ishmael. Isaac would have twin sons named Esa and Jacob. Again, the Abrahamic blessing would be passed down to the younger brother, Jacob, who would then be renamed to Israel. Israel would then have 12 sons. His sons would each become their own tribes and eventually become their own nations. Okay. One of his sons would be named Judah, who would be the father of the Jewish people, and all Jews are related to him. Even though all Jews are Israelites, majority of Israelites are not Jews. Obviously, Israel would have to pass the Abrahamic blessing to Judah in order for them to be the chosen people. Israel would want his favorite son, Joseph, to inherit the Abrahamic blessing. However, Judah, the father of the Jews, would be jealous and conspire with his brothers to have Joseph killed. In the end, typical. Judah sold Joseph into slavery for silver, much like Judah sold Jesus also to typical. the Jews. So the Bible portrays Judah as a jealous villain and Joseph as the chosen son. While in slavery, Joseph would rise to become the prime minister of Egypt and father two sons named Ephraim and Manasseh. In the end, Israel would adopt Joseph's sons and pass the Abrahamic blessing on to them, making them the chosen people and dividing Joseph into two tribes, making 13 tribes of Israel. As for the father of the Jews, his two eldest sons would die and Judah would end up bowing down to Joseph. Based. So now that you understand that the Jews were never intended to bless the world, nor were they ever considered the chosen people, we can move on to our second point. So is the Jewish homeland Israel? And the answer is yes and not at all. Israel was originally called the land of Canaan, named after Noah's grandson, Canaan. Here we go. The land of Canaan was Getting conquered somewhere. by the Israelites after they left Egypt with Moses found in the book of Exodus. The Bible says God commanded the Israelites to punish the Canaanites for their sexual immorality, which led to child sacrifice, which would eventually lead to cannibalism. 
the word cannibal actually comes from the words Canaan and the god I thought Baal. that was Baal fascinating. Baal was the god of Canaan, and the priests were known for eating the children after they were sacrificed to him. Hence why we call them cannibals. So now that you understand what kind of people were living in Canaan, try not to feel so bad when you read that God ordered us to exterminate them. The borders of the Jewish homeland were established by Joshua, who was one of the descendants of Joseph and not from Judah. So if we were to restore the Jews to their original land, according to the Bible, the Jewish homeland would look less like this and more like that. So, like the story of Joseph and Judah, their children likewise wouldn't get along either. After becoming nations, there would be a civil war. The Jews would rule the southern kingdom of Judea, while Joseph's sons would rule the northern kingdom, keeping the name Israel. They would have different religions, believe in different gods, and while Judah stayed in Judea, Joseph would ally himself with the Phoenicians and establish colonies and trade posts all over the Mediterranean. The kingdom of Israel would be corrupted by foreign ideologies, and like the Canaanites, would fall into materialism, sexual morality, and child sacrifice, which would lead to them being conquered by the Assyrian Empire. Some of the Israelites would be taken into captivity into the lands of Assyria and Midia, while some of the Israelites and Phoenicians would flee to their colonies and trade posts, fulfilling the promise made to Abraham that the world would be blessed through him as he would be the father of many nations. So the sons of Joseph would become fruitful and multiply among the nations, forgetting who they are, which shouldn't surprise us considering their names literally mean fruitful and forgetful. Just like the Northern Kingdom, the Jews would fall into sexual immorality and start sacrificing their children. They would be conquered and enslaved by the Babylonians, then freed and reestablished by the Persians, conquered again, again by the Greeks, and later occupied by the Romans. While under Roman rule, the Jews would launch the greatest revolution in Roman history, known as the Great Revolt, which would fail, causing Judea, Jerusalem, and the Jewish Temple to be destroyed, ironically fulfilling everything Jesus and the Christians said would happen. The Jews, not being satisfied with losing their temple and homeland, would stab the Romans in the back by launching two more rebellions, killing over half a million Greeks and Romans. God would bless the chosen people with two more humiliating defeats, along with a banishment from the land, causing Judea to be renamed to Syria-Palestinia. So, the reason the Jews have been able to take Palestine really rests on the fact that they've stolen the name Israel. This is good, huh? This is super in-depth. Let me go back to the chat, see what they think of it. <laughs> Look out of here. He's all, he's all in it. Jacob Frank is another looking at too. By the way, you're missing all the memes I post. <laughs> Dude wore the moon. Funniest thing ever. First recorded mooning and in costume in revolt. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing over there. It's real and have convinced the Christian West that they are the chosen people and that they alone are Israel. But once putting things into perspective, we see that just isn't true. Which brings us to our third point. Do the Jews believe in the Old Testament? The answer... Dude, I think my cat's a Jew. She just tried to freaking jump up and knock down my mic. She's never done that. She was sleeping all day. Is kind of and not really. While waving around the Old Testament as if they believe in it, the Jews actually have secondary books that they consider just as important, the main book being called the Talmud. 
To explain the Talmud, we have to understand some basic Jewish-Roman history, going back to Emperor Claudius, who, like Emperor Tiberius, tried to ban the Jews from Rome after branding them aggressive troublemakers. Sadly, Emperor Claudius didn't understand how to play the Game of Thrones and ended up mysteriously being killed. His successor, <laughs> Emperor Nero, would lift the Jewish band, which shouldn't surprise us considering the Talmud says he was a Jewish convert. Nero and his Jews would engage in some of the most barbaric acts known to man. Just to give you an idea of how crazy Fuck this Nero. pro-Jewish Roman emperor was, Nero burned down Rome and blamed it on the Christians, causing them to be tortured and killed in the worst ways imaginable. He murdered his entire family, then kicked his pregnant wife and unborn child to death, and then castrated a young boy named Sporus and forced him to dress like the wife who he had just murdered. Ew. With the coming of Jesus, the Jews would divide into two main groups, those who believed that Jesus is the Messiah, while the other group of Jews rejected this claim, believing that their Messiah would come wielding a sword to destroy the Romans and set up a Jewish empire, which is what led the Jews to revolt against Rome in the first place. That, and they just didn't want to pay taxes. <laughs> Based. After their failed rebellions, the Jews would retreat to Babylon, creating the religion we know today as Judaism, making Christianity older by about 200 years. The Jews would argue and say that the Talmud is the oral law that was passed down orally without any mistakes since the time of Moses, before finally being written down between 200 and 400 years after Jesus. This would place the Jews in first place above the Muslims for the longest, most successful game of broken telephone ever played. <laughs> The Talmud speaks of its love for Christians by calling the mother of Jesus a whore and calling Jesus a bastard sorcerer who is in hell boiling in human shit. It's not Which good. brings us to our last point. Is the Old Testament about Jews? The answer is no, not really. Because the Jews have stolen the name Israel, you would never guess that the majority of the people in the Bible are not Jewish. The Apostle Paul, for instance, even though everyone calls him a Jew, Paul quickly separates himself from the Jews and says, I am an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible also says that God sent Paul to preach among the Israelites. And funny enough, Paul's ministry wasn't in Judea, but he was sent to preach to the Galatians in Asia Minor, the Greeks in Greece, and the Romans in Rome. The Bible is constantly separating the kingdom of Israel from the kingdom of Judah, as it is constantly separating Joseph from Judah. The entire Jewish deception and hijacking of the Bible depends on them stealing the terms Semites, Hebrews, and Israelites. For example, Moses, the man who wrote the first five books, known as the Torah, did not come from the tribe of Judah, nor was he part of the kingdom of Judea, yet somehow he is a Jew. The reality here is the majority of the people in the Old Testament are not Jewish. The Bible is a book that tells the history of many nations and peoples, like the Semites, Hebrews, Israelites, Egyptians, Phoenicians, Babylonians, Assyrians, Armenians, Persian, Greeks, Romans, and many others. It's not only about Jews. Interesting video, right? Like I said, I'm not sure exactly the accuracy of it. Oh, wait. We got a voice message from Mars Bars. This message is for Cosmic. Hey, Cosmic. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Let's see if he'll call in again. Let's, he'll be perfect. 
All right, everybody. I want to thank you guys, but I want to try to get Mars in on the show really quick. I can't believe I missed that. I didn't get any notifications on that. I want him to call in. Hopefully he calls in. Can I call him? Hold on. I think I can. Oh, no, I got to pay like a rate or something to do it from Skype. So annoying. Hold on. Give me just a second. He might do it. <laughs> Let's see. How do I add credit? It's so annoying. I can't believe I can't. Um... It's so annoying. Anyway, I think we're going to just go ahead and end the show unless he miraculously calls in in the next minute. Thank you guys for hanging out the whole night for um, sticking it out when the Rumble Studio didn't work. That was kind of lame and gay. But, you know, we appreciate you. We appreciate the audio-only listeners. And I want to get him on right now, but I don't think it's going to happen. With that, we'll wish you a good night, take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.